0: Welcome to another episode of First Time Bible Teacher, a podcast designed to help you learn to teach the Bible, starting with the very basics. This episode is about teaching without notes. Some teachers go back and forth on whether or not it's best to teach without notes. In this episode, we talk about the value of honing this skill, as well as practical ways to begin learning it. Let's dive in. One of the interesting things about Bible teaching is that most of a Bible teacher's interaction before they actually teach a message with the material that they're going to teach isn't with other people. It's with their notes. That's what you're going to end up spending most of your time with before you wind up sharing what you're teaching with the audience that you have. I mean, there are teachers where They'll study and prepare and work on their notes for about eight hours before they're ready to teach a 45, sometimes 35-minute message. That's just a massive time gap in terms of taking the material and interacting with other people with it versus taking the material and writing and editing and typing and rearranging. Just a lot of that time you end up spending by yourself and you end up spending with notes rather than with people. And so the danger of that is sometimes, uh, specifically in the preparation process, We think that teachings are about, or we think, I should say, preparing for teachings, that it's really about creating good notes and not about creating good teachings. And that's one of the downfalls of being a Bible teacher that is really dependent on notes in the pulpit. Now, there's a lot of really, really great advantages to it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we do need to be careful. It can be really easy to just think about writing up a good set of notes rather than really being ready to teach. One of the ways that you combat that is you begin working on the ability to teach without notes, which is a super scary proposition. I'm going to just put that right out in the beginning. I'm not saying that this is the easiest skill to learn. I'm not saying that this is even at times the most fun skill to learn, but it is a worthy skill to learn because the last thing that we want to become in the pulpit is just lecturing professors or people who like hearing our own voice. If if we think that we can just go up and be clever and crafty and interesting because we wrote good stuff, then then we're in a really scary spot when it comes to teaching the Bible. So Learning to teach without notes, a couple advantages of doing this. Maybe you need some convincing that this is a good thing that you should try to learn. The first is that when you're teaching without notes, you get to be present in the room on a way different level. I I know that when I'm using notes and when I am really locked into my notes, one of the things that I use my notes for is a place to hide rather than Really being exposed rather than really being with the people in the room, I can use the pulpit and I can use my notes specifically as a way of distancing myself both physically and emotionally from the audience that I have in front of me. Uh, I have my place to stand, I have my stuff in front of me. Sometimes there's even like a microphone that's coming over the top of the pulpit that's creating an extra thing that's between you and the people that you're teaching, sometimes that security feels nice, but it keeps you separate. And sometimes that's why it feels nice because it's keeping you separate. Teaching without notes may make you feel a little exposed at first, but it's a good thing to be really, really vulnerable and really with the people that you're teaching. The fewer things you have between you and your audience, the better because when you're teaching without notes, Unless you're reading a passage, you're either making eye contact or it's weird. You're either looking right at them and they can see you and they can sense your expressions and they can see what's really going on in your mind, or you're just kind of looking at your feet and that's going to be weird. Like it forces you to really be with the people in the room, to not separate, to not use these different ploys to stay at a distance from them, it forces you to be right there with them. And people really notice that. I have definitely watched in moments of teaching times where I've looked at people who, you know, they're looking down, they're you know kind of flipping through pages maybe they're kind of just looking around the room maybe they're pulling their phone out and they're getting distracted by other things that are going on sometimes i will just stare a person like that down a little bit while i'm making a point and i'll watch them kind of pull away from the distractions and it'll it'll remind them oh wait i'm not just doing a religious thing by sitting in this room I'm with a person who's trying to share God's word with me. So you want that kind of presence. That's a real, real, uh, strong positive for teaching without notes. A second really good positive for teaching without notes is it can really help you stay text focused. When you don't have notes, everything that you're going to teach needs to be written right into your Bible or it needs to live in your brain. Those are really the only two options you have if you're not going to write out a separate page of notes. That gives you a lot less room for complexity. It gives you a lot less of an ability to use six or seven different Spurgeon quotes or to use uh, movie scenes that you really think kind of capture the point, unless it's already in your mind, it, you're not going to be able to just recall it. And so there's less room for quotes, for stories, for illustrations, for all these different things. It can really help you stay on point. And especially if you're just up there holding your Bible, a lot of what you're going to rely on and fall back on is just going back to the text. You, you wind up, I find, doing a little bit more rereading, a little bit more rehashing, a little bit more going over a specific verse or point again. I mean, when you can only remember seven things, hopefully you wind up remembering the most important things about your message. And that's a really good thing. You want kind of a simplicity as you're teaching without notes. And because you force yourself into that simplicity, you wind up cutting away, hopefully, things that aren't scripture. And I'm not saying quotes and stories and all those things are bad. I I think they're really helpful in teachings, but they're not the most helpful thing. And so it can really help you stay just Bible focused. It, It could potentially do the opposite. You could wind up just rambling like a lunatic for a little bit. But hopefully it doesn't do that. It'll keep you really, really text focused. Um, Another thing, and the kind of the third and last pro we'll give out right now for teaching without notes, there's tons more. It can make you much more reliant on the Holy Spirit. At least I know that it does that for me. I totally believe God works through the note process. Otherwise, I would stop doing it. I really, really do believe that. I believe that the Holy Spirit shows up in our preparation. What He's, he's not looking for a, a specific method in our Bible teaching. He's looking for a specific kind of heart, and what he really wants us to do is just rely on him. Um, I totally believe he can do that as we're prepping notes, but I know that if I'm going up there without anything... It becomes really clear that I have just myself and God, and I really, really hope God's going to go up there with me. Sometimes we can trust in the finished product of our notes instead of in the work the Holy Spirit wants to do in that room. And so when I go up with notes, I go up there a lot more confidently. I go up there a lot more assured of myself. When I go up without notes, I generally go up a nervous wreck. And because I'm doing that, I'm saying, oh, Lord, please, I really need you to show up. I really need you to help. I really, really need you to come be a part of this teaching because without you, I literally don't know what this teaching is going to be. Not having that finished product creating the void of it's either me bringing them something, Lord, or it's you bringing them something It can make you a lot more reliant on the spirit. It can even give you greater flexibility to kind of respond to the spirit in the moments that you're teaching. So all of those are really good things of teaching without notes. So maybe you're saying, so then this is just the best way to teach and we should burn all of our notes immediately. Let's slow down on that. There's a few cons to teaching without notes. The first is that it's much, much harder to prepare complex material. Some passages just require a lot of preparation. They require a lot of explanation. If you're going to try to take a passage in the thick heart of Ezekiel, and you're going to try to show people the historical context and the ways in which that passage has been fulfilled and the ways in which that passage still longs for future fulfillment— good luck fitting all that in your brain before you go up there. That's a lot to just show up, remember, and bring. Notes can really be helpful with that. For this episode specifically, I toyed with the idea of trying to do it without notes. And as I was writing a little bit in preparation, I started to see, oh, wait, I have a lot of different things I wanna say. They're not all gonna fit in my brain. So I'm using notes right now because I didn't think this was the kind of content that made sense to share without notes. So keep that in mind. Before you go and teach a really, really complex passage of scripture without notes, remember you might be doing yourself and your audience a disservice in that. Um, A second con without notes is you have no way back to where you were trying to go except for the next verse. And, And sometimes that'll leave you in a spot of, well, I don't really know how I got here, but let's jump back to this verse and then we'll we'll move on. You know, you are really doing the high wire act when you are teaching without notes. You're putting yourself out there with very little to catch you. And so you just need to be aware of that. This is where people go wrong in teaching without notes. If you're not really, really disciplined about what's coming next and about what you're trying to drive at, teaching without notes can just become rambling. And so you got to be really careful because you have no next thing to look at to remind you of where you were trying to go when you teach without notes. So this isn't to say it's one or the other. I think ultimately we should want to be able to do both. It keeps us ready to teach in more circumstances. You know, you never... You'll never come into a situation and say, oh, if only I were less skilled as a teacher, that would make this so much easier. No, you want as many skills in your pockets as you can possibly have. You want to have a variety of things that you can do. So I think it's worth developing both skill sets, teaching with notes and teaching without notes. So how do you do that? Some practical tips for teaching without notes. First, I would say, know that it means your study time is probably going to need to increase, not decrease. You're not going to sometimes I would tell myself, I'm going to teach without notes because I'm really busy this week and I don't really have time to write anything out. So I'll just read the passage a few times and I'll teach that way. That's just laziness. That's not me thinking about my audience, that's not me thinking about the the congregation that I was teaching. That was me just thinking about myself. Just I need to make more time, so I'm not going to worry about writing out a whole bunch of notes. That, that's never the way that it works. When you're going without notes, you're going by memory. Um, you know, I think about if I right now went back to the neighborhood that I grew up in and I was driving around, I, I'm totally confident about where I'm going in that neighborhood because I've spent so much time there, I know the ins and outs. I know how all the roads connect. I know how to get from one place to another, even if I've wandered off the path that I thought I was going to take. If you're teaching without notes, it's kind of like that. You need to know all of the back streets. You need to know all the ways to get from one place to another, and that, that only comes with time. I only know the neighborhood I grew up in so well because I grew up there, because I spent years there, because I've taken each of those roads before. When you're teaching without notes, you better have taken all of the paths available to you in that passage. You better have studied it really, really, really well. Not preparing notes is not an excuse for laziness. It's often harder work because you still need to put the time in and then relying on a paper you wrote, instead of relying on a paper you wrote You're relying on just your own memory. So your study time is going to increase. Know that from the beginning. Put that extra time in. Without it, you will end up lost. Speaking of trying to not end up lost, a practical tip, your structure is going to be even more important when you're teaching without notes. A lot of times your structure is to help your audience track along with the message, make sure that they are understanding all the different things that you're saying when you're teaching without notes, your structure is keeping you on track. It's it's helping you understand the message that you're teaching. A lot of times in in preparation for teachings without notes, I what I'm really trying to figure out is what are the big things I'm hitting along the way? I wanna know what my intro is kind of about, I wanna know what point one is, I wanna know what point two is, I wanna know what point three is. A lot of times when I would teach without notes, what I would do is I would write little lines in my Bible uh, after the verses I was going to stop at. So if I was going to read verses one through three and I was going to explain all of them together, I would draw a little line in my Bible uh, right before the beginning of verse four. So that way, as I'm reading, I know this is where I'm stopping. This is where it's time to stop reading scripture and now begin explaining it and talking to people. Uh, without that structure, like I've said, you just end up rambling. So make sure that you really, really have your structure down. And if you think your structure is going to be, here are the seven big points I'm sharing, you're going to feel really dumb when you forget points three, five, and six. That's just—it's not going to be fun. So keep your structure simple, but really make sure you know what your structure is. And then the next practical tip within that structure give yourself safe pockets to work in. Um, You don't want your structure to be this really complicated thing. You want to be able to rattle it off and totally know what all of those things mean. So sometimes I would be teaching a message without notes, and the first big point would be, um, I don't know, we need to see Jesus. It's like the disciples are you know they're first they're looking at other things then they're looking at other people then finally they're looking at Jesus if i know that those are the big points in my structure then i kind of have freedom within each of those points because i know now okay this is the big thing i'm trying to accomplish until i hit this next thing and as long as you know what's coming next you're always going to be able to move on to that next thing when when you're kind of done with the thing you're in at that moment So embrace that freedom. Um, There there are times where I'm teaching without notes and an illustration hits me in the moment because before that time, I wasn't really thinking about illustrations. I wasn't really thinking about stories to tell. I was just thinking about hitting the structure. Um, So don't fear that in the moment change. That's a big plus of teaching without notes. That's a positive that you gain by teaching without notes. So give yourself those safe pockets within the structure And then don't be afraid about the fact that that's going to lead to you potentially saying things you weren't planning on saying, but that's okay. Because as long as they're building with those big points, you're going to be fine. So you want to start teaching without notes. You're scared to just necessarily jump into it full on. How do you start doing it right now? Um, Well, part of that depends on what time of day you're listening to this podcast, but you could pretty immediately start just leaving more space in your notes right now. If you normally write five pages of notes for your next message, write three. Write less detail into the notes. If you normally write out full paragraphs to explain things, cut that down to a sentence for just a couple of the points in your message. Start instead of writing more, start writing less. And, and put yourself in a spot and, and color code it. Do something to remind yourself, oh, this is one of those spots where I'm trying to leave space so that I just learn how to expound on something in the moment. You know, put the things you need in your notes to remind you that, oh, this is what I'm doing in this moment. But, but force some of it onto yourself. You know, the muscle you're really trying to work out as you're teaching without notes is the ability to just speak in a moment the ability to think on the fly. You can force some of that on yourself right now by just writing less notes. Um, Maybe that'll confuse you when you are looking at your notes because you're so used to seeing them a certain way. Try alternating it into your teachings. Don't just decide you're done using notes for the next six months. Decide that one time in the next month you're going to teach without notes. Uh, I know that when I was teaching at the youth group I was leading. I got to teach on Sunday mornings, and I got to teach on Wednesday nights. And Wednesday night was the larger group meeting. And the the way that the rooms were set up, it just w- lent itself more to a more crafted message. So Wednesdays, I would teach with notes, and Sundays, I would teach without. And I didn't do this all the time, but there were big seasons where... I knew that one of my teachings I was really going to write notes on and the other one I was going to just kind of know the structure and be in the moment. And I was going to study really hard on that passage, but then just kind of go for it and, you know, trust the structure and trust the spirit. Um, You can start switching off weeks if you only teach once a week. If you only teach once a month, you can um, start just kind of put a deadline on yourself sometime before the end of the year. You're going to teach once without notes. You know, you can put that into your mind right now. And and it's not completely abandoning all you know. It's just adding a new thing to what you're already doing. And then even if you're still going to teach with your notes, how do you at least begin working on this? Start doing more of your prep out loud. Don't just write your notes down, speak your ideas out. One of the interesting things about Bible teaching is it is an auditory art form. It, it all happens in audio. It happens in a person speaking and people hearing it. It doesn't happen in writing. Sometimes it happens in like a, a multimedia type thing. But the, the main thing it's relying on is a person speaking, even if you are using a PowerPoint or something like that or, or putting videos into your teachings. Even with all that, it's still relying mainly on a person speaking. And yet for so many people, they never speak in their note process. They never speak in their preparation. Ultimately, the goal of learning how to teach without notes is being able to speak more freely. So don't wait for your audience to arrive to start speaking. Start just working out little ideas. Start just talking out loud in your office, even if it's by yourself. Start talking in the car about a verse that you're gonna be teaching on by by training yourself that it's okay even in the prep process to just speak and think out loud, you'll end up getting better at forming your thoughts along the way. You'll, you'll end up getting better at finding the words to the things that you're thinking. And so often that's really what we're trying to do in our preparation. We're just trying to find the words to the things we believe God is speaking. So give yourself that freedom free up more of that time in your preparation process and start speaking now so that you're as ready as you can possibly be when it comes time to speak to your audience. Thank you for listening to another episode of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to subscribe to the feed or leave a review or a rating. Those things go a really long way in helping get this podcast out and in terms of boosting my self-esteem. So please do that because it makes me feel good. This podcast is part of the Good Lion Podcast Network. Uh, Our main podcast is just titled The Good Lion Podcast. Uh, This last weekend, we released an episode where my co-host Aaron Salvato and I Spoke with the legendary Gary Brashears about how salvation works, and it was an amazing conversation. I highly recommend you take a listen. If you have any questions at all about what actually happens when God saves a person and a person repents, it's really, really fun stuff. You can check out all the things that we're doing with Good Lion. Go to our website, goodlion.io. You can follow us on Instagram at goodlion.io really simple to find or you can follow this podcast specifically on instagram at first time bible teacher you'll get uh, new episode art when new episodes come out you'll get updates on where the podcast is headed and you'll be able to track along with all the new episodes that are coming out may god bless you in your teaching we'll see you next time